I'm Deidre. And I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Hello, everyone. Hello. I hope you all are having a fantastic day. Our day's gotten better. Yeah, we're slowly but surely coming up from yeah. the from the depths. It was a little crazy today, but yeah, it was a thunder and storm this morning. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's cleared out. I don't know if it's supposed to do anything else, but yeah, I think later this evening it will. So we're gonna try to you know get what we need to do done, and then we're gonna have a. A little get together with Sarah Ra, our ex co-host. Yes, our from <laughs> Screaming Sugar. Yes, yes, our our old co-host from our previous our previous podcast. If you all have been following us for that long, I know Ooh. some of you have, and we'll eventually collab with her. Yes, so that'll, that'll be, be fun. fun. We need to do that. Yes, 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 yes. So um, today I did something a little different. You know, I was running behind on a case. I told all my coworkers all week, I've got to get two cases done. I've got to get two t- cases done. I got one case done, but I had a backup. There was Harlan. Um, <laughs> Chelsea's dog jumping off the couch. But anyway, so um, last minute I decided to do, you know, we love a DNA case. We know, we know, we, you know, you know, we love a case solved by DNA. Mm-hmm. Well, I decided to do Kentucky cases that were solved by DNA. Yeah, so these, I've never heard of any of these. So, the first one I'm going to do is Carol Sue Kleber. Um, Carol Sue was born, nope, she wasn't, she was born, but she was 16 years old when she was found brutally murdered in a roadside ditch in Walton, Mm. Kentucky. I'd never heard of Walton, Kentucky. Mm -mm. Um, It's in Boone County, and it's about 25 minutes across the Ohio River, from Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it's very northern Kentucky. 16. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, and this happened in the 70s. So mm. it's a it was a very cold case. Yeah. Um, so she was a musician and a lover of music. She played the violin and acoustic guitar. Uh, she was last seen getting in a gray Chevrolet or a Pontiac vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then her remains were discovered on June 5th, 1976, a day after she was last seen and died from blunt force trauma. Mm. Yeah, it's it's bad. Strangulation and sexual assault. Mm-mm. So whoever did this just, you know, it's just terrible. Um, and Kentucky State Police, Kentucky State Police Detective Jerry Keith worked on the case for a decade before it went cold. Mm. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah, like just kept working, kept working, and then he just finally, everything just kind of ran out. So in 2017, the Boone County Sheriff's Office um, had a newly opened cold case unit, and they took over Claiborne's murder investigation. Um, detectives had access to DNA and fingerprints, and for years there were two credible suspects who they believed committed the crime, but both of those suspects would later be ruled out. So even, you know, they had two and those still, you know, those didn't turn out to be anything. So fast forward to September of 2022, um, when the sheriff's office and Othram Incorporated 
which is a Texas-based laboratory that specializes in forensic genealogy to crack unsolved murders. Mm -hmm. Um, um, They got together to see if forensic DNA testing could identify the suspect or a close male relative to the suspect. Um, After using forensic-grade genome sequencing to build a DNA profile, Othram provided the sheriff's office with leads that detectives used to identify a suspect. So the suspect's name was Thomas W. Dunaway of Park Hills, Kentucky, which I haven't heard of Park Hills either, Mm -hmm. um, as the likely killer. So likely for a reason. Thomas was 19 years old when the murder took place. Um, He was known to have an extensive and violent criminal history over the years and he died at age 33 mm. so you Dang, know that's we're almost 33 yeah yeah so i mean he he died very young it didn't say how he died so i don't know but the Claybor family was notified of the dna match and have found closure they needed and deserved in the case so they know who did this um but you know they say likely because innocent until proven guilty, and we obviously can't prove him guilty because yeah. he passed away, you know, like 14 years after it happened. All right, so my second story is about an unnamed woman. Um, That's sad. I know. I don't know who it is. Now, this one's a little different, so I think that's why she's unnamed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not like a Jane Doe. Yeah. So I think that's why they just didn't put her name out there. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. So in 1994, a 19-year-old woman was kidnapped from or near Brescia University. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, this one's so weird because there are links to me and some of my college friends. There is more. I want to start with Brescia. Brescia University. The commercial, like... Oh, I didn't know there was even a commercial. Oh, yeah. Is it I mean, is it on now? Ago, oh, like, no, yeah. yeah years ago. No clue. I was like, what are you singing? College means more. When they, I used to sing. Look, I used to oh, sing. Oh, my that. gosh. I didn't know they had a little jingle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Brescia. Um, she was kidnapped from her near Brescia University, which is in Owensboro, Kentucky, which we are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to KWC, which is the mm-hmm. other college. Who are we? K-Dub. KWC. <laughs> So, yeah, they, um, but you know, it's not really a woo-woo thing. But anyway, yeah. we'll take a little woo-woo break. Okay, so now, back to it. Um, in March, so that happened in 94. In March of this oh, year, not, huh? That ain't really that long ago. No, it's not. 19 years ago. Yeah. She was 19. Yeah, so, you know, 19 years ago, she was 19. This horrible thing happened to her. And um, in March of this year... The investigators working on the case said 59-year-old Robert Shelton kidnapped and assaulted this woman. Mm. Yeah. So the Owensboro Police Department in Kentucky recently went through its files and reviewed the case. Investigators said they found DNA evidence that matched Shelton, but they aren't disclosing where or on what the DNA evidence was found. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're wanting to keep that under wraps. Yeah. Um, Which, so- you know, there's something, a lot of things that they keep... From the public, because they don't want, you know. Right. You know, I just thought, I was like, well, this is a little different, because, like, we have DNA evidence that this is him, but they're not going to say what it is for whatever reason. We may find out later. I don't know. Yeah. But um, Shelton, 
kidnapped this woman, took her across state lines to Indiana, and assaulted her there. And that's the last information I can find on her. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if she was abandoned after the attack in Indiana or if she was brought back to Kentucky. Like, I don't know what really happened after she was taken across state lines besides the assault. But once the Orangeboro Police Department had a DNA match, they hunted down Shelton and found he was living in Hickory, North Carolina, which Mm. is in Catawba County. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's the same area as Catawba College, I'm assuming, which is where Corey and Nadia and all of them came from. So it's Mm. weird that this starts in Owensboro where they end up for college and this ends where they started out at college. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, they weren't in... That's scary though, too. Yeah. Well, and they weren't in Hickory. They were in, um, oh, Salisbury. But I don't know. Salisbury State. Salisbury State, North (laughs) Carolina. Um, But yeah, so it's just weird. I was like, gosh, this is weird that it starts down the street from where we went to school, ends up close to where some of them lived, Mm -hmm. grew up, and went to college. So it was just crazy. But anyway, so once they found out where he was living, they tipped off several agencies, including the Brookford Police Department. Um, and that department's chief, Willie Armstrong, said they went to collect a DNA sample from Shelton on the 1st of March. The department had to wait a few weeks for the results to come back before they could legally take him into custody. Because, of course, all of this DNA stuff, like, all of the labs are, like, behind because mm-hmm. there are so many submissions now because we can find out so much. I mean, you know, thousands of cases have been solved. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know... They're backed up. Um, Now, when they went to take the DNA, um, Armstrong said he was pretty expectant of us, but he didn't seem concerned about it at all, which is insane to me. Yeah. So we made an arrest for him, or we made an arrest on him for those outstanding warrants and transported him to the Catawba County Detention Center without further incident. Armstrong also said Shelton lived at his home on 20th Avenue Southwest in Hickory for nearly seven years while working at a factory in Icard or Ickard, North Carolina. Um, his neighbor, his neighbor, <laughs> gosh, his neighbor, Michael Viria, Viria, I think, um, said he knew Shelton had gone to jail before, but was shocked to find out he was linked to a cold case. You know, that's close to 30 years old. Um, Michael had said he used to come over and we'd talk. I do a lot of work in the yard. And he'd come over and he would come up and talk to me. I did work on his car, actually. Um, I wouldn't have expected this, you know, to come out. So, you know, he's just blending in with everybody, doing, you know, whatever. And other residents said that Shelton was open to them about his criminal history, but they didn't know about the cold case. Um, some of his neighbors also expressed they're glad Shelton is no longer living near them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the sexual offender registry for a crime that, to Michael's or to Armstrong's understanding, was also committed outside of the state. He may have been charged with another sexual offense in Catawba County, but that was quite some time ago, and he was on supervised probation. Mm. So... Um, officials said Shelton is currently facing charges of kidnapping and first degree sexual abuse. He also faces charges of rape from the Indiana state police in connection to the cold case as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that woman who's remaining 
anonymous. Who's remaining anonymous? anonymous. I'm assuming. Yes. Um, is getting justice. So that's great. Mm-hmm. And he's still alive, which, as we know, has mm-hmm. been an issue. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so my next story is about Linda Bennett. Linda Bennett. Linda Bennett. So the Kentucky Bonnie Bennett. Bonnie Bennett. Bonnie. I love Bonnie Bennett. Okay, so the the Kentucky State (laughs) Police Forensic Lab partnered with Othram, Othram, Othram. I forgot how I said it first. Incorporated again. So like we're we're linked up, okay? Mm-hmm. Us and Othram are linked up. We're solving cases. It's great. I'm like, keep mm-hmm. up the good work, everybody. Work, 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 work. Yes, like we need it. So they linked up again using advanced DNA testing to establish an identity of a victim, the identity of a victim in an unsolved case. December of 2022, KSP positively identified a Jane Doe recovered on the roadside in rural Olin County in 1988 as Linda Bennett. In May of 88, a couple from Owenton noticed an unresponsive woman on a walk, which resulted in KSP Post 5 opening an investigation. Detectives determined that her death was a homicide. However, they were unable to identify the victim. So investigators meticulously gathered fingerprints and conducted extensive cross-referencing with databases, um, employing multiple rounds of forensic facial reconstructions, yet their leads eventually ran dry. The case has preserved as an open investigation over the years, holding on to the aspiration that evolving technology might one day unveil the identity of the victim. Hmm. So in June of 88, Bennett's family initiated a missing persons report with Columbus, Ohio authorities, the last location she was known to reside. Notably, Bennett's family resided in a separate state, resulting in limited contact with her. So she was living, you know, away from home. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like they were talking to her every day, but all of a sudden they couldn't really get in contact with yeah. her. So then they filed that report. So in 2022, a breakthrough emerged, which shed light on the potential identity of the Jane Doe. And this breakthrough led investigators to the victim's son, who cooperated by providing a DNA sample. So, you know, this DNA analysis was a match um, to the sample they had to Jane Doe, a.k.a. Linda Bennett. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that confirmed her identity. And uh, Detective Paul Johnson from KSP Post 5 remarked, Advancements in technology and scientific testing have underpinned this newfound information. The collaborative efforts of all parties involved in this case have been indispensable. He extended his condolences to Miss Bennett's family, expressing the hope that knowledge of her whereabouts might offer them some solace. Um, so she had a baby, mm, you know, that's sad. awful. I mean, it's awful either way, but like, yeah. I just hate that, you know? Yeah. I gotta move my hip. <laughs> okay. I know my hip is kind of like, Ugh, too. knock on heaven's door. I can't. Kentucky state police detectives joined forces with various entities to crack the case. 
Otherm, like I said, played a pivotal role by contributing expertise in recovering, enhancing, and analyzing human DNA, ultimately leading to the identification of Bennett. The Commonwealth Attorney's General, the Commonwealth Attor- Commonwealth's Attorney General's Sexual Assault Kit Initiative, Saki, um, team furnished vital funding and their investigative unit worked hand in hand with KSP post five detectives contributing research and data. So KSP Saki detective Janet Barnett reflected engaging in projects like Saki is driven by the desire to promote nope, to provide closure or justice for those who have endured lengthy waits spanning decades in cases like this. Um, it underscores the reality that a collective effort collective effort involving professionals from diverse disciplines and agencies is imperative to bring such cases to fruition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, working together makes a huge difference on cases like this. You know, you don't just need one or two people working on it. You know, you need a whole team. Yeah. Um, and that just helps so much. So individuals possessing information pertaining to criminal cases are urged to contact their local KSP post. So you don't even have to, you know, if you're in Kentucky, you don't have to do it to whatever you can do, whatever post your county city is in. Um, We go by counties down here because we're so small, unless you live in like Louisville, Lexington, or, you know, a big city. Because, well, there's a girl that I, a woman that I work with and she's from Florida and she worked with me one weekend. She was talking about how, that it's weird that we go by counties. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's only 120. <laughs> there's not that yeah. many compared to other places, probably. But they say, like, Miami-Dade County. I feel like I've heard that before. I thought I heard counties, but she said, she's like, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people think it's weird. I'm like, well, you know, when That's your town wrote- has 500 people in it, you're not going to say, you know, insert small town name here. You're going to say, oh, I'm from this county. I mean, you just have to live in, like, one of the top five to six cities in Kentucky or else it's like, where is it? You know, you Mm -hmm. may know. But anyway, so you can call your local KSP post or utilize the tip line at 1-800-225-5555. The core mission of the KSP centers on fortifying public safety through service, integrity, professionalism, fostering partnerships to avert, diminish and deter criminal activities and the associated fear. Additionally, the mission involves heightened highway safety through educational initiatives and enforcement, safeguarding property and upholding individual rights. So that's kind of like a plug there for the KSP. (laughs) I kept reading it. I was like, okay, yeah, this is what they're saying. So, um, And a little bit about Othram, its website outlines its status as the pioneer private laboratory dedicated to harnessing contemporary parallel sequencing techniques for forensic evidence. Um, So, you know, you can check out their website, too. I think they may have some of the cases they've solved on there. Mm -hmm. I think I saw that on there. I'm not sure. That's neat. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, let me see. Um... So right now, there's also a collaboration between Kentucky State Police and the DNA Doe Project, um, and it's dedicating to unraveling a case dating back to 1989. 
Um, the remains of a large male were discovered within a tobacco barn off Kentucky State Highway 22, approximately seven and a half miles west of Dry Ridge near Williamstown, Kentucky. Now, Williamstown, I think the only reason I know about them is because their band was pretty good, if I'm not mistaken. And I think they were a 1A band when we were in marching band. Mm. Um, so I think they're northern um, Kentucky as well. This individual had endured two gunshot wounds to the rear of the head with a 22 caliber weapon. Goodness. Yeah. Um, I feel like I said weapon weird. Weapon. And he was found um, stripped of his clothing with his hands severed from the arms. So that's pretty dark. That is dark. That's like what? And, you know, obviously they were trying to conceal his identity, yeah, which, but... you know, means that probably it was someone that was really close to him um, or someone that everyone knew mm-hmm. was an enemy or something like that. That's the yeah. only thing. That's the only reason I could think that you would do that. Yeah. That's... Unless it's like someone notable in town and you don't want them to, but they didn't take, you know, any other body parts. It was just his hands. So they just kind of didn't, they wanted to slow down identification, I guess. Um, so forensic experts have determined the deceased was a Caucasian male aged between 25 and 35 years standing at six five in height and oh, weigh wow. yeah so th- this is not a little guy yeah he's he's six five and was weighed around 200 pounds 220 pounds excuse me um so now six five and 220 pounds he wasn't very big in size yeah but he was in height but he was a tall man yeah he's tall like this is like somebody built like my dad yeah basically so like still not someone you'd really just want to walk up to and like attack yeah you know you would think unless this guy was around his height or bigger hmm i wonder um it's not on here but now i'm curious Mm -hmm. i'm like you know so anyway his his medium brown hair was fashioned in a crew cut with short sideburns the approximate time of his death was thought to be two weeks prior to the discovery of his body yeah so he'd been out there for a little bit um, the DNA analysis by volunteer investigative genetic genealogists associated with the DNA Doe project has indicated um, that his ancestry um, has connections to Eastern Europe as mm-hmm. well as potential ties to the Middle East and England. However, the DNA matches currently establish relations at a distant cousin level. So the information they have now is distant cousins, so that's still depending on yeah. the size of your family. That can be way, oh yeah, you know, way off. Um, you know, there could be a lot of potential people at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if anyone has any pertinent information about this case, um, and there's a picture that was online, so I'll try to remember to add that to the Instagram so mm-hmm. that you all can see that. Um. If you have any information, reach out to KSP Post 6 Dry Ridge at 859-428-1212 or provide an anonymous tip at 1-800-222-5555. And, you know, if you want to find more information about the DNA Dope Project, um, you can go to their website, www.dnadoeproject.org. Mm-hmm. So those are my cold cases solved I by like DNA. That. Yeah. 
That was interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, it's kind of like, um, cause you know, we like to do cases like when we do cases like murders or, or unsolved, mm-hmm. solved or unsolved murders. A lot of them people know of, but we like to like pick out the ones that, you know, you don't, no one hears that about. You don't hear about a and lot that, I think that's a good thing to do too. Like if you're wanting to like get c- things known cases now that not a lot of people know because i didn't know none of them yeah i'd never heard of any of these either um but yeah you know i mean to do the ones that everyone knows you know everyone wants to hear the ones that they know they want to hear everyone's take on it we do too like we get it yeah you know and that's like if i see one like i listen to a bunch of different podcasts i get to listen to like one episode a week um i did get to talk to the i think not podcast people um ellen and joey uh they're a voice memo this morning and i was so excited i was tickled pink um but you know i listened to a bunch of different ones and like this past week or a week before um strange and unexplained with daisy egan they did Mm -hmm. john list oh yeah like i've done john list on here so instantly i'm like yes let me hear it i want to hear what she has Mm -hmm. to say about it yeah because they they can have things that we didn't have oh information we didn't have or we didn't know 100 percent, they will Mm -hmm. they will just because they you know it's their job so they yeah they actually it's yeah they research it so much more and so um yeah there was all kinds of stuff i found out like john list um daughter the one that was the actress that he was like oh that's not going to be any good you know um she told her teacher that she was terrified that her dad was going to kill her because he asked them what funeral arrangements they would want like if they would want to be buried or cremated and it was just a weird question and it freaked her out which i don't know why he asked because we know what happened you know he ended up murdering them and putting them in the sleeping bags in the dining room underneath a tiffany handmade ceiling that if he would have just sold the pieces of the chandelier the ceiling Mm -hmm. or whatever he would have been out of debt so you know it's one of those things um but he thought they were all going to hell as well so he was saving their souls from damnation you know is what he says but yeah. I think he just wanted to start over. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, he did start over. Yeah. Yeah. Try, he tried and did the same thing, but he done it for, he was missing. He, he, it was like 20 years. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, he tried, but technically, well, no, he kind of succeeded a little bit. He did. He succeeded <laughs> for sure. Over, but that bust eventually. by Frank, I forgot his name, Frank Bender, Frank. I think it is Frank Bender um, for America's Most Wanted created a bust that was exactly like him it looked exactly mm-hmm. like him that someone was like that's bob and they turned him in and they found him being an accountant like he was going Crazy. to a lutheran church like he was um Mm-mm. and they were like john list and he was like no i'm bob, I'm bob. or whatever and they were like no bro <laughs> you're not so why are you always lying yeah lying and and killing people so yeah that's that's the uh that's the case for today I hope you all enjoyed that. Good job, Deidre. Thanks, girl. You did a good job earlier, too. Well, thanks. You're welcome. I liked the, the Lake Lanier update. Um, okay. We need to start doing more of the updates on stuff. I almost started doing an update. That was going to be the episode. And then I was like, Kentucky cold cases solved. 
so then I just took a turn but yes um so if you have any questions comments concerns please email them to us at a million murders at gmail.com and you can check out our instagram at the pictures of the cases we cover of the people places and things and check out our facebook page if we update we should update y'all whenever um so yeah Yep, that is it. So, thank you all so much for once again tuning in. And we hope you come back for A Million, million More. Bye! Bye.